wake up, everyone. It's time for the Steve Noble Show, where biblical Christianity meets the everyday issues of life in your home, at work, and even in politics. Steve is an ordinary man who believes in an extraordinary God. And on his show, there's plenty of grace and lots of truth, but no sacred cows. Call Steve now at 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Or check him out online at thestevenobleshow.com. And now, here's your host, Steve Noble. Well, it looks like the born-again Catholic, Mike Pence, is going to be jumping into the presidential race. I wonder how he came to that conclusion. I wonder how he made that decision. Maybe he put out uh, an Indiana fleece. I don't know about that. Maybe he felt led by the Spirit. Maybe he had, he prayed about it, and he had an inner peace about it, so he's pulling the trigger. Uh, maybe he saw some signs somewhere. He saw an open door, a sign, whatever the case may be. Maybe he was meeting with his small group, and because where two or three are gathered, we know the Lord is in their midst. And so how could your small group possibly lead you astray? Maybe that was what happened. Uh, either way, he's made that decision. That's not what we're talking about today. On Theology Thursday, but it is generally what the topic is as we do part two of God's will and decision making, which I think a lot of us struggle with that. For Donald Trump, I don't think it took any of the above uh, for him to dive in or for DeSantis. But for Tim Scott, who actually is a very solid believer from South Carolina, uh, I bet he went through some of the uh, steps, hopefully the to do steps as opposed to the not to do steps when it comes to making decisions. But we started this last week with our friend Dr. Stuart Scott at at BJU Seminary, who's got an extensive and incredible career in calling and biblical counseling. And this is part two. Stuart, good to have you back. How are you? I'm doing well, Steve. Thank you. It's good to be back. It's good to be back live and on the video and all the other regular stuff as opposed to (laughs) pre-recording. But thank you for your flexibility to do that last week. And and again, I think uh, just a, a reminder, I think most of us at some level struggle with this. I mentioned last week, Stuart, that uh, even my wife and I right now, are, are, are we go back and forth about this house that we bought uh, two and a half years ago. Should we stay? Should we go? <clears throat> Maybe, and, and my wife agonizes over this more than I do, which is not abnormal for men versus women. But, you know, may, maybe maybe we should have waited longer. Maybe we should have prayed longer. Maybe it was the other house God had for us instead of this house. And then I'm like, well, uh, Stuart said you're wrong in that this is actually the house that God wants. Us. But we've seen God use this house that we're in in a lot of different ways and in, in, in all things that I think glorify God. But it's still a struggle. And here we are on the other side of the decision. I think a lot of people agonize over this, whether they're young or, or seminary students or older guys like us. Hmm. Yeah. Is that yeah, absolutely. is that generally what you've run into? I mean, you've done so much biblical counseling and stuff over the years. I would imagine a lot of people kind of come back to decisions they made here or there and questioning, well, maybe I made a decision that wasn't a part of God's will for my life. Yeah, I think we all would agree that we have done that. And the more we learn, <clears throat> the more we learn from scripture, the more we learn we learn from experience and wisdom. And we go, Oh, we probably jumped the gun on that. Uh, but not every decision, it, it, depending on which one we're making is, is a sin issue. Right. Uh, it just may be, Oh, it was not the, wi- the wisest thing to do, but right. it wasn't sinful. And some things you can um, make second decisions, right. Uh, 
Dr. MacArthur once in a staff meeting said, you know, good leaders make good second decisions. Mm. And uh, I, that's true. You can go, well, I probably shouldn't have bought that particular item. Right. Uh, I found I can return that. Uh, you can do that with stuff, but not always. You don't do that with people. And so, you know, you assess, but you can't, you can't just be introspective and spend all your time examining everything right. and, and not be busy about what the Lord's called us to do. It, it should, should, there, there are a lot of decisions that we shouldn't agonize over just to use that word again, that, that mm-hmm. uh, it's clear it, it's either moral or immoral. That, that doesn't take a lot of work. That's why it's important that you know God's word and you know God's mm-hmm. ethic. And so those are simple daily decisions, not a big deal. Is there, is there a way to kind of quantify or, or qualify, Stuart, like when a decision is, okay, this one is one that we really need to work through and apply these principles that we're talking about today. Is there kind of a, a line of demarcation somewhere where you can say, okay, that's not a big deal. This is. Yeah, I would I would probably put the weight where the scripture will put the weight, you know, on um, that have long time, long term effects, mm. um, you know, a marriage, um, adoption, foster care, you know, some of the things that are going to involve people. Yeah. Uh, people decisions are so much more important, it seems to God than the non non-personal, not right. a non-relational right. stuff. And so really trying to put more time and effort of thinking through the biblical commands and principles where we really get into trouble is when we rely on our, the subjective stuff, the feelings, impressions, yeah. and yeah. that's what usually gets us into trouble. And a lot of that will sound, and we talked a bit about this last time, a lot of that sounds spiritual, like being led by the spirit, or I have an inner peace about that, or I I asked God to give me a sign and he did. I put out a fleece. I saw an opener or a closed door, Uh, even in a small group situation when, when, because we've got two or three gathered together. Uh, But none of those are actually a good idea. Is that right? Or am I oversimplifying? um, Yeah. On most everyone you just mentioned, those items, uh, were to avoid. Matter of fact, they're pulling from scriptures and misusing them, mm-hmm. like Matthew 18, where two or three agree on something, it'll be done for them. But that's talking about church discipline, not about a decision they want to buy a car. So I'm always looking at where are they, what scripture are they alluding to or mishandling yeah. even in some of those uh, items. Because even with the fleece, I mean, whenever I hear, I mean, early on in my walk, I would hear somebody say, well, we're laying out a fleece. And I looked that up and I'm like, because I didn't have a whole lot of spiritual wisdom at the time. I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But once you actually study (laughs) that, you realize that uh, Gideon wasn't doing an act of faith or trust. He was actually not trusting what God clearly told him. Yeah. He was putting God to the test. Yeah. Yeah. and but God's love and patience with His children mm-hmm. is demonstrated there. Uh, he told Gideon what to do. Gideon should have just done it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> well, hold that thought. We're up against a break. Hold that thought. Yeah. So if you have uh, done the fleece exercise time and time again, you did not just sacrifice your salvation on a piece of wool. So relax. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back. It's Steve Noble. It's Theology Thursday with our friends at BJU Seminary. Dr. Stuart Scott back in the house with us today. We're doing part two of our conversation on God's will and decision making. And so what uh, we just came out of the graduation period for some people graduating high school, going to college. They start in the fall. How confident are you that your son or daughter, grandson or granddaughter will actually be attending the correct college? In August, did you put out a fleece where you or their parents led by the spirit? Perhaps they uh, felt an inner peace about that decision to go to UNC Chapel Hill, which can never be godly, really, if we're going to be honest. Maybe they were looking for a sign. They saw uh, a logo somewhere or some flag hanging somewhere. Or or maybe these are Stuart's uh, favorites, so to speak. Uh, You had a check in your spirit about going to NC State, so you ended up at Chapel Hill. Or... Uh, God laid it on your heart that uh, your son or your daughter is to be a wolf pack person as opposed to a blue devil, which I don't know why any Christian would go to Duke. And then uh, or just God impressed it upon me. And th- and I know I'm sounding tongue-, tongue in cheek, but a lot of people agonize over that decision. Uh, Dr. Stewart Scott, they agonize mm-hmm. over where to go to college. I've had many uh, conversations over the years. I'm like, OK, there's probably about eight to ten thousand institutions of higher learning in America. Tell me one where God cannot operate mm. uh, any of those that are outside of his sovereignty or his providence. And, uh, but people agonize over this stuff. Oh, absolutely. And the, the, more, the more subjective their means of making their decision, the more they'll second guess and agonize. Mm. Uh, the, the more objective on God's commands and principles the more it builds trust because you're walking by faith, yeah. trusting God and uh, your, your whole mindset and outlook is I'm looking to God and his word and God's oversight versus my subjective feelings, um, kind of a pseudo spirituality. Yeah. And that's where those three come from. We, we'll talk about these. If you can comment on these real quick and then we'll move into the, God's commands and God's principles and how do we actually make good godly decisions. But, but the check in my spirit, God laid it on my heart. God impressed it upon me. Uh, all, all sound really spiritual, but they might not be. Yeah. And um, I think it may have been on the last program. I referred to a Dr. Peter Gentry, a teacher up at uh, Southern seminary who in a book with uh, he and Dr. Wellum, uh, they, he commented on any time we take God's name and we put it on something that God hasn't put his name on, it's a form of identity theft or taking God's name in vain. So just rather than saying, I had a thought last night, I had a desire last night, I just had an impression and I'm going to search it out or check it out. Fine. Uh, Check it out with God's word and principles and commands. But when you put God's name on it, God laid this on my heart. God did this. Then you're in a, uh, you're not in a good place because you're uh, what he called taking God's name in vain. You're it's stealing God's name and putting it. And you have no sure way to know it is when you leave God's word, you have no sure way to know it's God doing those things. And I have a, a case, an example, which really deals with impressions, check on your spirit and all of that is I think the passage in Second Samuel when um, David wanted to build a temple, mm-hmm. 
and in the beginning of that chapter, he he calls in Nathan. So now you have a godly, wise man, prophet, uh, and he says to Nathan, "I dwell in a, a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells in a tent." And then Nathan said to the king, "Go do all that's in your heart, for the Lord's with you." So you've got a desire, a good desire, to build a temple. You've got a godly man, Nathan, counseling you or advising you, but neither of them sought God mm. on that one. What a great point. And, and the next verse, the very next verse is, but the same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan and then had to correct Nathan. The whole rest of the chapter, the Davidic covenant is yeah. David's not the guy yeah. and now's not the time. So there's a good, even good desires, impressions, Sometimes advice from godly people could be wrong. Mm -hmm. So yeah. every it just all has to be checked out with what does God say yeah. and commands and principles. Yeah, and on that one, Nathan was off by a generation. <laughs> well, yeah. It wasn't going to be yeah. David. It was going to be Solomon, uh, yeah. which is a whole other story. But that's such a great point. And, and sometimes, and, and again, I, I, I have to work harder, it seems, every year. To keep my powder dry. Some people will say, uh, will take that position, which is subjective. You say, well, God told me to, and I'm like, well, prove it. God laid it on my heart. How do you know that wasn't you? Or some blending uh, of the two. God had impressed upon me. And some people say it was so much vigor and confidence. They almost dare you to question them. And if you yeah. question them, you're somehow, uh, they're spiritual inferior. But a friend said to me years ago, Stuart, always be suspicious of yourself. Yeah. <clears throat> and so yeah. whenever we throw God's name in there, I think we talk about a check in the spirit. You should probably, you should probably have one at that point. Yeah. Uh, if a very popular book by Gary Friesen called decision making the will of God, he says impressions could be produced by any number of sources. It could be God, Satan, an angel, a demon, human emotions, hormonal imbalance, insomnia, medication, or an upset stomach. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just no way to know. Yeah. It just would be, I don't know where this impression uh, yeah, or yeah. Um, this thought came from, but I'm going to check it out. I'm yeah. going to, everything is, is tethered and mediated by scripture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's uh, one last thought on that just came to my mind. Uh, be very wary of spiritual name dropping. <laughs> God told me to, God impressed yeah. upon me. God, be careful with that. Okay. I'm going to leave that. There. Okay, let's move in the in the formal direction. We'll just set this up. We got about uh, two minutes before we hit the break, and and I really like this as we go through. And by the way, several of you reached out last week. If you want a copy of this, basically a nine page with some of the references that Stuart is referencing uh, last week and this week, just send me an email and I'll send you a copy. It's an excellent document. It's nine pages long with references at the end of it. By the way, uh, just send me an email, Steve at thestevenobleshow.com, and I'll send you a copy, Steve at thestevenobleshow.com. Prerequisites for biblical decision-making. I, I really like that word, prerequisite. It's like, okay, I'm going to make a, a big decision here. I got a big one coming up. So there's some things I need to make sure I have in line. Here's the, the four that you mentioned. So I just want to set this up and then we'll unpack this when we come back. Be rightly related to Christ. Uh, pursue a life of worshiping and glorifying God. Recognize God's sovereignty over all and take responsibility for your choices. It sounds like we really have to enter into a season of uh, self-reflection and, and taking stock of where we're at in our own spiritual journey prior to making a big decision. Am I reading this right? Yeah, that's correct. So it's heart preparation. 
um, your own heart before God. And that's that should be our goal anyway, is to glorify God and to walk in a manner pleasing to him. So that's that's what we focus on first. Yeah. So when we come back from the break, we'll unpack some of those of those four and then we'll move from there into actual kind of the process. How do you actually work your way through it? And by the way, if you're praying for wisdom and discernment, uh, there's some other scriptures that also talk about what might cause our prayers to bounce off the ceiling. Husbands might have something to do with the way you're treating your wife. If you're treating your wife poorly, if you're not loving and serving her well, don't expect your prayers to escape your house. Things like that. Preparation, which we'll talk to Stuart Scott when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show Theology Thursday with our friends at BJU Seminary. Dr. Stuart Scott back in the house today as we're talking about uh, decision making and God's will for your life. By the way, tomorrow, I mentioned this yesterday, tomorrow, uh, a unique pleasure. We haven't been able to do this in a while. Uh, Our oldest son, Hayden, is the one that uh, moved to San Francisco a couple years uh, ago. He got married to Macy, an incredible a Christian woman uh, back in March. So Hayden's going to be in the studio with me tomorrow. We're going to talk about life for a uh, follower of Jesus Christ in San Francisco. It's not going to be what you expect. Okay. So uh, I'm, that's the only, that's the only caveat I'm going to throw at you. It probably is going to be what you expect. And, uh, and, and just to let you know, and I've said this on the air before Hayden, our oldest who will be 28 on August 1st is probably the most, intellectually rigorous Christian I know at this particular point in my life in terms of his study of the word and his study of uh, church fathers and church history. He's mm. he's just got an insatiable appetite uh, for that. And so he, he's a very interesting person, and uh, he's not like the hardcore culture warrior that his dad is. Uh, but a solid believer and living a fascinating life there in San Francisco. So we're going to do the show together tomorrow. So that should be really interesting. Uh, and he's really sharp and, and a deep thinker. So if you have time tomorrow, check that out or grab the podcast later. But today, uh, talking about decision making, I mean, that was a big one for him, Stuart, to quit his job in Florida. He had a good job in Florida, quit his job in Florida, come home for a little bit, and then take off for San Francisco without a job. Uh, because he had a, uh, a just a deep heart for the city itself. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's one particular church there called Reality San Francisco, which is an incredible church, that the pastor's teaching had really ministered to him through some difficult uh, difficult season in his life. And he was just fascinated by the city. He's in the game gaming business, uh, gaming world, which is huge out there. And mm-hmm. so he, at some point, he's like, listen, there's there's nothing... Uh, standing in my way biblically from going there, except all of our conservative friends who thought you should just let San Francisco fall into the depths of the sea. But they were wrong about that. And uh, so it'll be fascinating. We'll talk to him tomorrow. But decision-making's tough. But again, before you dive into it and make a decision, we'll talk about the nuts and bolts of actually making the decision. This is a list that's in your document here, Stuart, that I really appreciate. If you guys want a copy of it, just email me, steve at thestevenobleshow.com, and I'll send it to you. Prerequisites for biblical decision-making. Be rightly related to Christ. Pursue a life of worshiping and glorifying God, recognizing God's sovereignty over all, and take responsibility for your choices. So we really got to do a bit of an inventory before we even wade into the decision-making. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for an unbeliever, someone who 
has not trusted in Christ, that would be the first step uh, is to come to Christ. Yeah. Uh, Amen. They're not even going to understand uh, God or his ways apart from the gospel and being rightly related. So it's so the natural man versus the mm-hmm. um, the spiritual man in 1 Corinthians uh, 2. So be right with Christ. I mean, confess sin, trust in Christ alone for Savior, and then keep the goal right as a Christian, and that is to please Christ and glorify God each and every day. And you see that various references there that I listed. And to be aggressive at that, not... Mm passive and coasting but aggressively zealously intentionally yeah, uh, that, pursuing yeah, to are love you really Christ. Pursu- right because that will that will stop you in your tracks uh, when you're considering a decision and you go okay I think I'm pretty much only thinking about Steve here yeah <laughs> I'm not really thinking about glorifying God and then uh, this one I think should be comforting to a lot of us recognize God's sovereignty over everything mm-hmm yeah, he, he declares the end from the beginning, everything in between. Uh, nothing happens apart from God, God's work and or, his ordained plan happening. So he, he'll redirect steps. He'll, he'll rework things. We can trust him. And uh, he's in charge of that. And his providence is how he carries it all out. He'll move circumstances and people around. He has no trouble with uh, carrying out his plan. Right. And that brings comfort to all of us who have made, you know, stupid decisions. We've made <laughs> Amen. Uh, just we've sinful decisions. Uh-huh. Uh, God is still faithful and and uh, will use us. Yeah. Uh, we're all imperfect people. So we're wanting to grow in there's, our love for him. There's one little point here. And you just mentioned it. God's sovereignty works in sync with never apart from all his uh, other attributes, goodness, wisdom, et cetera, and, and often makes me think of something I've I had to teach myself, and I've shared that with others, that, hey, listen, if you struggle with God's providence and his sovereignty, you need to study his character more. Mm-hmm. Once you That's really right. have a hold on God's character, then his providence and his sovereignty shouldn't be much of an issue for you. Right. Which is why ultimately all of just about all of us will make the decision to leave the diving board and jump out into our parents' hands. Mm, that's right. Because we're like, yeah, they're probably not going to let me drown. <laughs> Odds are that's pretty right. good. So yeah. I'm going to jump. Uh, and then this one, which it might be the, is it the other side of the coin? Take responsibility for your choices. Yeah. It, uh, to, to not choose is to choose as they say, mm-hmm. because uh, people are passive. They're waiting. They quote, wait on the Lord. But that does, that means trust God and move. So you can't be passive and uh, you've got to be making decisions. And when you do, um, you know, there are consequences. Yeah. And sometimes uh, an unwise decision. Well, I reap the consequence of it. Take responsibility. Don't blame people. Um, so God doesn't obey for us. Uh, so we can't be passive and let go and let God kind of thing. We have to be intentional, uh, studious with the scripture. And then Lord help me yeah. redirect my steps. If it's not in keeping, but best I know everything I've studied, this is, seems to be the wisest decision mm-hmm. that would bring you the most glory. And here I go. Yeah. The farmer doesn't sit on the porch and wait for God to move the plow. 
Yeah. Come on, Lord, yeah. I've been praying. I'm right with you. I mean, come on, get this done uh, for me. No, sooner or later, you have to make a choice. Okay, so that's the prerequisites, which are really helpful. And then methodology and process. This first one is a big deal. Submit, humbly pray for wisdom as you gather data. So I think we all understand that. But when we talk about gathering data, uh, what does that encompass? Yeah, depending on what the decision is, it, it might take you a while. You know, if it's a job change, uh, getting married, uh, you better spend some time mm -hmm. checking out. Jesus spent all night, one night intentionally up for prayer, and it was before he chose the 12 disciples. A very important decision. So the weightier the decision, the more time spent in gathering information um, in a food aisle, I need a box of cereal. Yeah. You know, if you don't have any allergies, uh, which one, you know? Yeah. What's your pleasure? Don't worry. Yeah. About don't, it. don't spend an hour or two there uh, going over all the ingredients of every box. So that, that um, gathering information is important. You can't answer a matter before you hear it. You shouldn't make decisions until you gather as much information as you can within reason. Um, so yeah, yeah cause, it, cause you can't always, you're, you're not always, and this is probably normative. You're, you're not going to be a hundred percent there. Right. Yep. And, and at some point, yeah. Okay. Uh, and I, I've done this with our children and with other people, myself included and say, Hey, listen, just remember that God's already on the other side of your decision. Yeah. So if you pick the wrong school, whatever, wrong career, God's already on the other side of that waiting That's, for you. So even if you yeah. cross the wrong stream, he's on the yeah. other side of that stream too. Yep. He's with you. He's with you. And um, he wants to grow you all, all the time. He wants to grow us mm -hmm. right into the image of Christ to be more like him. So even these kind of decisions and gather information, you can always gather more, but I gathered as much as I could in the time I had. And this is the most in line with the commands and principles that I know in scripture, yeah. um, ran it by a few people that I trust got their input. Cause that's, that's part of it. It's a wisdom principle. Yeah. Yeah. And, and here I go. And. Uh, yeah. And it, I seem to recall, yeah. I mean, the, asking for wisdom, uh, is pretty plain right there in James. I mm -hmm. mean, you should be asking, we should be asking for that all the time, but particularly with, decisions. And God said, if you ask for it, I'll give it to you. Yeah. Spiritual wisdom. And then gathering data, which would include uh, talking to other uh, godly people. And I, and I usually would say, make sure you're talking to people who are usually older and wiser than yourself. Otherwise, mm -hmm. it would be what my dad called the blind leading the blind. Right. Yeah. And even in wisdom, it wisdom is knowledge applied to a moral end. And so where's that knowledge coming from? Right. That you're praying for. And should be from bring to my mind, bring uh, to the other people's minds mm, of godly people good. in my life, but yeah. uh, from the scriptures, bring all that wisdom in for this trial or decision. Yeah, what a great point. When we come back, a command, study any direct commands in scripture, and then the one that's a little squirrely, mm. principles, study the applicable principles in scripture, because you can't always find chapter and verse. This is Steve Noble with Dr. Stuart Scott on Theology Thursday. We'll be right back. Steve Noble, the 
Steve Noble Show. What is God's plan for your life? How do you make decisions? That's what we've been talking about. This is a part two and, and uh, with Dr. Stuart Scott from BJU Seminary and working our way through the kind of, here's what you should do. We started with uh, prerequisites. Uh, so before you even try to make a decision, uh, you got to make sure you're walking well with the Lord. Uh, be rightly related to Christ. Of course, you got to be born again, right? You have no access to the spiritual truth that's spiritually discerned. So you got to start there, and hopefully everybody uh, listening is already there. Pursue a life worshiping and glorifying God, which kind of goes to motive. Recognize God's sovereignty over everything, which interacts with all of his attributes, by the way, goodness and wisdom, which is why you can trust him, which is why you should never totally freak out about whether you're making a good or a bad decision because God's sovereignty is on top of it all and his goodness runs it all. And so, like I said with Stuart a minute ago, God's already on the other side of your decision and he'll never never leave me nor forsake you. So, so mm. take things seriously, but don't lose your mind over it because that's a lack mm. of faith. Take responsibility for your choices. Sooner or later, you got to uh, step into the pool and uh, and get going. But take responsibility for that. That's, that's ultimately uh, on you to make a decision, but... God's never going to leave you nor forsake you. Then we talked about the actual methodology and process. Submitting, humbly pray for wisdom, continue to pray for wisdom, gather as much factual data as you can, and then also you know, seek wisdom from other people and asking God, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom from the scriptures. Give me wisdom from other believers. Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. Uh, and then the next part, which is, which is pretty straightforward, Stuart, uh, command, study and direct commands in scripture concerning this particular issue. Does the Bible scream yes or no, up or down about a particular decision, which should be relatively straightforward, assuming you actually know the Bible. Uh, correct. And any uh, imperative, any command in scripture for all of God's children is to be obeyed. So wherever there are commands, uh, just about living character, treating people, uh, loving people, those are all God's will. I mean, that's that's God's will for his children. Yeah. So we don't want to neglect the commands in Scripture um, as we're seeking on a specific issue that we're trying to make a decision on. We don't want to neglect all of the clear commands imperatives for God's children. Yeah, because I've said this before. The overwhelming majority, like 90-plus percent of God's will for your life is found inside God's Word. And so it's not, it's not to a certain extent, and this is where you can go to commands. It, it's not so much what job you have, unless your job is obviously immoral. It's, it's unbiblical. Uh, it's not so much what job you have. It's how you do your job. Uh, and it's, and it's, it, it's the application of God's will for how we act as Christians and how we think to everyday life. Uh, but sometimes those commands are pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, what God wants for us, for all of his children, it's all set down in Scripture, what he's expecting us to do. And then we take all what is in Scripture and apply it to the various decisions that we're making through the day. But we don't need something else. We don't need a, a voice. We don't need right. more communication or more revelation. We don't need it. Uh, and that's what we talk about, sufficient, sufficiency of Scripture. Yeah for, for uh, his word is his will for us. Um, and then we apply it to whatever decision we're making. Yeah. So uh, oftentimes I, I would, I would suggest to all of us less feelings, more wisdom, <laughs> you know, keep your feet on the ground because wisdom is something you can attain 
as opposed to don't over-spiritualize everything. Then this last point, which I wanted to make sure we left plenty of time for, which I think is where it gets really squirrely for, for a lot of us, is kind of principles. Study the applicable principles in Scripture concerning this issue uh, when it's not necessarily, I, I can't point to chapter and verse that's going right. to get me across a, a, a line to make a decision, but we have to apply just biblical principles, which again requires us to, number one, like you said, Stuart, believe that the word is sufficient, but actually we act, have to be able to deploy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what I appreciated was Jerry Bridges uh, when he was talking about just the discipline of grace. Is that, that was the book that I pulled these out of. Some of these are cat- the categories mm. of the decisions that you're going to make, how it's going to affect your walk with Christ. Another category, how is it going to influence others because we love our neighbor? And some decisions may not affect others, mm-hmm. but some really do, uh, especially in families. And then uh, the area of need, is there a need of uh, not every decision, not every need is a decision for me to make uh, that's out there. Um, every need is not a divine call on my life. I may get someone else to to do something. Yeah. So is there a need and is there an opportunity was another category. Uh, Paul wrote to the Philippians. He said, you, you didn't have opportunity to meet my need before, mm. but then you did have opportunity now and you sent a gift. So thank you. So it, is there an opportunity? Is is there's opportunity in Galatians uh, five or six? I guess yeah. Where um, Galatians six ten, as you as we have opportunity, do good to all people, yeah. especially household of faith, and so uh, just categories are helpful to think through those questions, and then I gave a list of several, not complete, but several principles in scripture about stewardship mm-hmm. you know we're to be faithful stewards of what god's entrusted to us so how much is this going to cost how much time is it going to require yep you know just those are principles applying them and they're more of a a compass yeah, yeah. they give you general direction mm-hmm. they don't tell you turn right or turn left it just says generally go this direction this would be more wise to yeah. go in that direction more so wise, principles Yep, that's we good. have a, lo- a lot of freedom, a well, lot yeah, of freedom you, in the you, principles. You put in the priorities and mention Mary and Martha makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Rest in margin and margin, which a lot of us mess up. Uh, exercise, eating, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I have, I, have a, I have a good friend that we we met several years ago at a coffee shop, and we're just hanging out, talking, and catching up. And he and he lamented that he's like, "Man, I I need to do more of this. I just don't I don't have any margins." Because I, I, he's got some big-time clients and all kinds of stuff going on. He goes, I just don't have a lot of margin to do this. And I pushed back on him. I said, yeah, I think you've got margin to do whatever you want to do. He said, I don't have time for th- – I, I literally don't have the time for that. Well, I think we make time for the things that we want to make time for. I certainly do. I'm guilty of that all the time. Uh, and, that, and that's important. One of the things I wanted to ask about here, Stuart, uh, was the notion of God orchestrating – God orchestrating circumstances. Uh, I think we have to be careful with that. I don't think that's normative that God makes something super duper obvious, but it does happen. There, there mm-hmm. are times in Scripture where it happened. You see that in the New Testament. You see it with Paul and the missionary journeys. There are, you know, the Holy Spirit restrained me. I had a dream about the man from Macedonia. There's, but a lot of times you're like, why did he go here first as opposed to the other place? 
uh, just because that's what he decided to do. There wasn't anything mm-hmm. super spiritual about it. But speak to that real briefly, because sometimes God does orchestrate circumstances, and it is obvious. Yeah, and uh, God is definitely in his providence uh, orchestrating circumstances. But circumstances, and here's, here's probably the catch, circumstances aren't to make your decision. They bring you up to a maybe a fork in the road mm-hmm. or a place where you need it. You, now you need to make a right. biblically informed decision, good. but don't go with the flow. So circumstances shouldn't make your decision. It should bring you up to a place you, you go biblically. I'm going to make this yeah. decision in light of the circumstances. And even then, sometimes I'll share a quick personal story. Uh, <clears throat> I had a pretty successful house painting company here in Raleigh for years Tried to sell it in 2006. I was getting involved in a bunch of other ministry stuff. I'm like, oh, come on, Lord, uh, release me. Let me let me do what I'm, I really want to do here. But he didn't. Uh, but one of the guys that looked at the business in 2006 called me in 2011. And he's like, hey, either I'm going to start my own or would you still be interested in selling yours? And I'm like, well, and I'm such a type A person. I try to orchestrate way too much. And I'm like, well, hadn't really thought about it, but sure, we'll get together. We met on a Monday. I, I met with a business advisor on a Wednesday. We shook hands on a Friday. And 30 days later, he wrote me a check and I was out. Now, I sold a house painting company. I didn't sell a software company. So we were like good from May 30th till the end of the year. Uh, I had some income from radio, but not, you cannot live on that. Not even close. And so we, we prayed about it and we, and we took great uh, comfort in the fact that it wasn't something I orchestrated. I didn't try to pull this together. We both knew that if whatever what, what we were going to experience for the next six or seven months, once we started getting really tight with finances, if 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 God didn't uh, bring something around that we're like, OK, uh, here it is, then Gina knew my wife knew if I have to, I'll do yep. what I need to do. Mm-hmm. But yeah. but it was so out of the ordinary that we were like, yeah, I think this might be the Lord. And other people are like, yeah, I mean, we've seen this trajectory for a while. I, I, I think you go through with it. And we're like, OK, Lord, it sure looks like yeah. you orchestrated this and we did it. And here we are. Uh, but that's not normative. It's don't expect that every time, I guess, is my point. Right. Yeah. But God does things like that. And it's wonderful. It's it's just kind of you step back and are amazed mm. uh, at what he can do if he chooses to do it that way. But you still have to think through yeah. the, the biblical principles and not just let, well, here's the circumstance, as they would say, an open door yeah. and that's run through it. Yeah, because I also have to remember the scriptures also tell me a man that doesn't provide for his family is worse than an unbeliever. Yeah. So you don't want to have a flight of fancy there. You better have a plan uh, guided by wisdom. And so, I mean, we could continue to obviously unpack this, uh, but it's been a great two two classes. I'm going to call them that, uh, Stuart. So thank you so much for being with us over these two weeks. And this is an excellent document, by the way, if you want to go through this yourself, and I would suggest that you do. Just email me, steve at thestevenobleshow.com, steve at thestevenobleshow.com. Put more time into this yourself. The way of wisdom is there. Stuart, thank you so much, as always. Enjoy your family reunion. Have a great summer. I'll pray with you in just a second, but thanks for being here. This is Steve Noble on The Steve Noble Show. God willing, I'll talk to you again real soon. And like my dad always used to say, ever forward.